All right, welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. It is Summit League Tournament Week. Who better to uh, talk about it all with than my good friend and co-host of this podcast, Travis Krins, alongside my, me, of course, Nathan Stack. And Travis, how are we? First time ever we're not going to the Summer League Tournament. So. Um, for you, I haven't... Yes. I, there are a few tournaments that I didn't go to. Um, I missed one. Okay. I'm trying to think how many I've missed. It's maybe been three, because the first tournament that was there would have been in 2009, correct? Yes. Yep. Yep. So I think I've missed only three. I could count by the number of Summit League um, jackets jackets that I have. uh, It's in full rotation this week. Uh, I know there have been a couple years where I didn't get some. so factor those in, and then I think, it's, yeah, it's probably like three years uh, where I I haven't gone to the tournament. There was one year, one of those three, that I came for a couple of days and just watched the games. Um, yes. I uh, stayed with you and stuff. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I believe that was when uh, SDSU narrowly beat Oral Roberts the first round, and then yes. Joe Rosga had a 90% free throw shooter, had to miss one free throw for Denver to lose to SDSU, and he did. It's just the most amazing thing. Yeah, those those were that was the I think the best. That was maybe the best, or maybe the year after that was the best. Some only tournament seemed like every year we get better and better. Then he had an all South Dakota final. I think the one year, and uh, it was really really good. Last year was not as good uh, with the men losing in the first round. Mm-hmm. Like even if you don't, if you're not an SDSU fan on the men's side. Uh, just them losing. I mean, the, the crowd is not there. The energy is not there. Yep. It just isn't there. So what, whether or not you like SDSU, uh, I mean, I'm sure the Summer League also, they won't say this, but they're very disappointed uh, if, if the Jack Harvard men lose on day one because that, uh, you know, that's 10, 10 15,000 people difference in attendance. So, well, except uh, yeah, not we, this year because there are no fans. Yeah, so this year doesn't really matter who wins because uh, nobody's going to get to go. Marcus, he'll be there. Uh, he's got a press pass, so he'll be there for a few of the games. He'll go Saturday afternoon, so uh, he'll he'll be our representation from yes, our group. Yes, he will. And I'm going to want to know from him what the spread is like. You know, are oh, they boy. going to get Boss's Pizza? Are they bringing in Dakota? Um, what? What's the what's going to be the food there? I gotta imagine it's certainly less than last year. I mean, they, they aren't going to bring in ten boxes of high V cookies. They aren't going to have the SDSU ice cream. Maybe they will. I don't know. But uh, you know, if I would imagine, you need very few volunteers, if any, this year. Uh, I would imagine it's pretty much the Pentagon staff that's going mm-hmm. to run with this. The Sioux Falls Sports Authority. I don't know how much. Um, how much? I mean, do they have a, a significant role in in the Pentagon to begin with, outside of you know the Summit League tournament at the arena? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they're going to do with that versus the normal Pentagon people. So I'm not sure the, the staffing and all of that. So that's going to be interesting. And I, you know, I assume they're going to limit limit folks, uh, limit media uh, a little bit here. Mm-hmm. So we will, we will see what happens. And the Argus, they've only really got two guys anyway. So. Yeah, it's it'll, it'll be different. I'm sure they don't eat as much food, and, um, and uh, games are starting a little bit earlier yep. uh, because of uh, you know certain 
don't know how much cleaning you're going to do in between games, but uh, exactly. it'll be a little bit different. I don't plan on watching any of the games until maybe Tuesday, and I might be busy that Tuesday night anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I will not be following this all that closely. I would not imagine. Yeah, um, it, it's it's certainly tough. Um, you know, yes, the, the, the first games of each session are 15 minutes earlier, and the last games are 15 minutes later. So you have 11. Uh, we know how many, how much time is between these games. There's at least about 45 minutes usually between games, and yep. that is plenty. These games usually end at 145. We have the second game at 230. Yep. Um, and that's a long wait. So it's, yeah. It is. For fans, it's, it's just disastrous. And thankfully, uh, nobody's going to be there because an hour, at least an hour wait between games, that's, that's no problem. Yeah, yep, an hour between games, perhaps even more, especially, you know, the women's games seem to take very, they seem to go very quickly. Um, I mean, and they have to do it for for cleaning and stuff, which is which is totally understandable. I'm wondering what Midco is going to put on in between. Are they going to do the Midco Sports Meg? Uh, just, I just wonder what they're going to put on programming in between because you can't, I mean, can you analyze a game for over an hour and then you know preview the next one? I I don't think so. I I honestly don't. So uh, we'll I mean, hopefully they, you know, my idea would be to go a little bit more in depth on each game. You know, you sure. recap the previous game. You could probably get twenty minutes out of the, of, of the recap plus the, the game plus the press conferences. Maybe do it in yeah. their totality. Yeah, do those do those press conferences live. That definitely takes up some time. And, yeah. Um, yeah, those press conferences, that would take a big chunk out of it. So if you would uh, air those live, I mean, that's a solid, you know, probably 15 minutes right there. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully they will do that. Um, so, yeah, well, we're going to spend the majority of this podcast talking about the Summit League Tournament and also college basketball in general because I'll tell you what, Tuesday was awesome. I mean, we've it's it's March, so you expect greatness. We found there was just fantastic basketball in the Horizon League on Tuesday night. I can't even begin to to describe just what happened there with a, a game winning bucket with no time to go, like getting the ball off with two tenths of a second left. Uh, triple overtime, two overtime games. It's just fantastic stuff. So we'll get into all that here. But yeah, let's focus on the Summit League, and we'll start with the men's tournament. And I maybe it's because there are no fans. Here, maybe it's because SDSU wasn't able to play a full Summit League season uh, because they had four games canceled against the two worst teams, Denver, who's now uh, without a coach, and and uh, Omaha. So if maybe they were 13-3, and three, I'd look at this a little bit differently. But, I mean, I, I see the top four seeds all with legitimate possibilities of winning this tournament. SDSU, of course... Is probably the deepest team. Uh, USD has Daniel and Moody. They don't have AJ uh, Plitzowitz or uh, Plitzowitz. White, yep. Thank you. Yep. Uh, women's head basketball coach's uh, son suffered a terrible knee injury Saturday. That kind of allowed SDSU to get that top seed in the tournament uh, because then USD lost to NDSU, who's the three seed. They lost to them on Sunday. And Oral Roberts is the four seed. Max Abmus, Max Abmus, how it? He's He's a bona fide scorer. That's what he does. He torched the Jackrabbits in Tulsa in the first game. He had plenty of points in the second game. SDSU was able to bounce back and win that game. But I just look at this field and I see 
four teams that have a realistic chance to win, which is more than what I can say has been the case in a lot of other years. I would say two, and it's the usuals, SDSU and North Dakota State. Because that's all who's won it since uh, 2010. I'd be stunned if anybody else would. I mean, USD, they don't have a chance now. It puts you right out. That's a big blow. I don't give Oral Roberts any chance. Um, I put North Dakota State as the favorite. They kind of handled SDSU when they played. Big comeback for SDSU. But uh, look at the way those games played out. NDSU led for the vast majority of them by a lot of points. So I put them as the favorite. And again, North Rydell is out, so that's not good. Nope. So, yeah, I'd give the NDSU maybe a 65% chance, SDSU a 35% chance. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, and USD, if if AJ was playing, I think you'd, you'd certainly have to factor them yeah, in. Yeah, I put them in the mix, yep. Yep, Staniel and Moody is very good. I just... And I don't know what we're gonna, what we should expect from SDSU. Uh, they play Omaha in the first game Saturday, five forty-five. The two-seven matchup is USD against Western Illinois. We expect USD and SDSU to win, and SDSU needs to win after that embarrassment last year. Uh, Western Illinois is a, a a better team this year than they were last year. They're far more tougher. Um, so I think USD has to be a little leery of the upset, but we expect them to win that game. Then you get to Sunday, the 3-6 matchup, NDSU against UMKC. Okay, I mean, that UMKC plays very good defense, as does NDSU, so it might be the first one to 50 wins this game. Maybe not even that. Uh, and then, because UMKC really likes to slow the game down. And then you have UND against Oral Roberts. Uh, in the 4-5 matchup, I, I mean, yes, North Dakota was able to knock off USD twice. They beat the Bison once. I just don't know enough about them to think that they can take down Oral Roberts. Um, and I agree with you that USD, or I mean that SDSU and NDSU probably are the are the two favorites. I just can't count out USD or Oral Roberts because of the players that they have. You, they get hot, they get rolling kind of carry the team on their backs, that's what Imudi and Abmus can do for uh, for Oral Roberts. I just count it because outside of one year on the women's side, there's never been a surprise winner in this tournament. We've seen almost 25 of them. The one year SDSU lost, and was it Western Illinois beat IUPUI in the final? It, that was. it was, yep. And I guess there was another year where the, the women lost when there was that weird tournament with only seven teams. Yep, Denver, um, I believe, played USD in the championship. Yeah, the women only had to win one game to get to the championship, and they lost on Monday. So outside of those two games, um, I would say nobody outside the top one or two, if you would say uh, the tournament favorites, have ever won this thing. And it's never happened on the men's side. Oakland was a favorite those first couple of years they won. Mm-hmm. And between NDSU and SDSU, um, if it wasn't SDSU, it was North Dakota State. So those are no surprises there. So I don't see it being anybody other than, than those two teams again. What do, you th- what do you think of the fact that there won't be any fans this year? And does that help the SDSU men? Because, um, I mean, certainly the jack should feed off the crowd the crowd brings a great ton of energy and but the last few years SDSU just really hasn't been able to um 
to capture that energy. Uh, losing, you know, to to Western Illinois, and you know, it just it it just hasn't been good for them. So, you know, does not playing in front of fans maybe take some of the pressure off? What do we what do we think? I mean, because. If I if I'm looking at SDSU and how they've played this year, they've played good, but they haven't been that dominant team, at least to me, that we expected at the beginning of the season. The team that we saw play in the um, in the Bad Boy Mowers Invitational against West Virginia St. Mary's in Utah State, haven't really seen that. And maybe, like I said, if if they played a complete Summit League tournament uh, or Summit League season with those additional four games against Denver and Omaha, maybe maybe that changes the perception of things. I don't know. It just to me, I haven't seen that dominance or maybe consistency that I'd like to see from the Jackrabbits if I expect them to win this tournament. I think the crowd always helps, but this year it doesn't really matter because nobody's played in front of a crowd, so I'd say the crowd's a non-factor. I would say you know, just a lot of injuries. Wilson's missed a couple games here and there. You know, Noah Friedel with his troubles. So they haven't been at full strength all that often. They missed a couple weeks here and there where they go two weeks without games. And same thing here. You know, they haven't played in a while. And if they win this tournament, they're not going to play for another while. So just a very dumb season all around that didn't need to be played to where they like, – Many teams would go two weeks without playing, so I think that's some of it. They haven't found their rhythm because they haven't been able to play, uh, you know, more than more than two games in a row, and then you got a week off, and sometimes they've had two weeks off. So I think some of it has to do with it's hard to find a rhythm when you play very often. I mean, they went a month without a game. Yeah. So that was ridiculous, and just a weird season. So, yeah, they've got a shot, but yeah, they've just been very, very inconsistent. Like, even, even in those North Dakota State games where they were down by, you know, 20, 20 points, and then they come back and they lose by two. It's like, in the same game, they're, they're a completely different team. Well, I think in the first game, they had the lead for most of the way yeah. this year up in Fargo, and then the, the next game, uh, not so much. But, I mean, to your point, it, it's just... Yeah, it is. It's a very weird year, and NDSU is regrouped quickly. I mean, they don't have Tyson Ward anymore, uh, but they have a you know, was it Rocky Cruiser, Bruiser, or whatever his name is. He's a he's a he's very good. He's a legitimate uh, player for them. So I think that's going to be something that bears watching for NDSU. They will have to face USD. I mean, the good thing for SDSU is that they don't have to face either of their rivals. I'm just very concerned about their ability to play good defense against Oral Roberts should they see them in the semifinals. I think it's a very important year where the number one seed mattered a lot because on the women's side, it's the same thing. You know, you've got NDSU and USD. You want them to play each other and the same thing on the men's side. And the same thing happened. SDSU got the one seed on both sides. So I it was very, very important that, that you, you got the one seed this year. So... I think I'm going to I'm going to shock you here a little bit and I really hope I'm wrong on this. I think I'm going to lean towards Oral Roberts to win this tournament. I'm going to go with the Jeez. a bit of a, a bit of a dark horse here. That's I sure as hell hope that NDSU doesn't win it and I, I obviously don't want the Jacks to win. I I will say this, I think the winner of SDSU Oral Roberts 
if that's the semifinal matchup, that's the winner of the Summit League tournament. That's who win the, wins the championship game. I'll take SDSU over North Dakota State. And I think the difference just might be, you know, their, their second-round opponents. Playing USD, even without a Pulitzer White, that'll be a good game. So I'll give SDSU the benefit of the doubt, having the, having the easier road uh, to, the, to the title. On the women's side, again, games uh, the the first games each day, Saturday and Sunday, 15 minutes earlier, uh, and I, the, it'll be on Monday as well, but 11.45 tip-off time, and then a 2.45 tip-off time. So uh, it means less time in between the women's session and the men's session, which is good. Um, but Saturday, SDSU taking on Omaha. Omaha is very bad. Uh, no Brittany uh, Lang anymore, so that's very sad for us. But, um, um, SDSU will destroy them. And then USD against Oral Roberts. I, I mean, USD is just so good right now. I think you got to take them, obviously, over Oral Roberts. What's interesting to me, though, and is there any chance, any chance in hell, that if NDSU wins it on the women's side, that the Summit League can send three teams to the the big dance, or would yeah, I think so. Okay, all right. I mean, because they because NDSU almost beat USD on Saturday. I think they lost by a point, um, and then they USD blew them out on Sunday. But NDSU is far better this year than they've been in any year. Uh, since we've been going to the Summit League tournament. Yeah, North Dakota State actually good for once. I've got an Alexa that turned on. I didn't say a goddamn thing to it. <laughs> Alexa, shut off. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I didn't say that. That's happened multiple times where it turns on. I sure as hell didn't say its name. It's so. the government. Government spying. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's good that there's a third team that is good. Whoever it is, Western Illinois, IUPUI years ago, yep. it's not North Dakota State. And North Dakota State have been very bad for this entire tournament run. So now they quickly turned it around. So I'm happy about that. Um, if they were somehow win this thing, and they you know, they would have to knock off USD in the semifinals and then knock off SDSU in the finals, I'm, I'm, I, I hope that happens because I want to see if they would put in three teams. Because mm-hmm. I think SDSU is a lock to get yeah, in. Absolutely. I don't know how they got it. Absolutely. But the metrics, at least the net rankings, which are ridiculous, yep. have USD ahead of them. So if SDSU, I've seen SDSU as high as a six seed. And if USD is getting in with seven losses, I mean, I, I would not put them in. It's just, how do you put a seven-loss summer league team in who has one win in the top 100, and that win is against Bradley, who is in the 80s. Yeah. So I don't know how how they're in there. So I think a lot would need to go USD's way to get in as an at-large should they lose to the Bison. Um, I think right now in Charlie Cream's latest bracketology, they're a 10 seed. Like, they're one of the last four, uh, the last few teams in. So I would... Yeah, to say that it's unlikely that... It, well, 
and we just don't know what happens during championship week. Some teams might play themselves out of the bubble and and whatnot. Um, it's just the fact. It's it's fascinating to think about the fact that you could. It's possible that the Summit League could send three teams in. However, unlikely, but there is a chance. There is a chance, and I just. I just don't understand how they are where they're at in those net rankings. I think they're in the 70s in RPI, which makes more sense. SGSU's around the same, 35 to 40, but USD's in the 70s, which seems to be about right. How they're in the top 35, 40, I don't know. So if, if they take on the net ranking side, then... Yeah, then they're more incapable. If it's on the RPI side, then they have no chance. Yeah, and uh, I mean Scott Van Pelt brought it up last week regarding the net rankings because I think what he had he said that Colgate was twelfth or something like that, and that's just like yeah. If those are your rankings, and you need new rankings. Yep, you just do. You can't have outliers like that. And if that's what you're and if that's what we're using now, instead of RPI and all these other things and these quadrant one, two, three wins. Then, then you need a new system because no system should have Colgate anywhere near the top. Right, and no system should have USD, a team that hasn't beaten a ranked team all year this year, ahead of SDSU, who's beaten a, you know a number of ranked teams and only has two losses. It just doesn't make sense. The strength of schedule is so much better. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. So, yeah. Oh, hopefully we get to, you know, I want, I want USD, SGSU, I want that to be the final. And, uh, and we'll see what happens. So, and if USD loses to SGSU for a third time, it really shouldn't hurt them all that much mm-hmm. since they lost to them twice before. And to be another, an, another top 100 win for SGSU would be what their ninth, I think, ninth top 100 win. So that would only uh, bolster their resume. So I hope USD does go to the final. So SDSU has another chance for another ninth yep. top 100 win. It's I think it's going to be tough though without uh, Maya Selland. Who knows what's going on with Tori Nelson? But I mean SDSU is certainly less than at less than full strength. Um, she and, may not play either. So right. And if yeah. that's the case, I I think I'm leaning towards USD to win this tournament. Hannah uh, Severin, she's very good. Um, I, for USD, I think they. I think they just probably got a, li- a little bit. They're going to have more to play for than SDSU, arguably, because SDSU, regardless of what happens, is going to be in the tournament. USD, to solidify, to cement their uh, spot in the NCAA tournament, rather than wait and see what happens with the bubble, they know that they need to... If they win, they know they're in. So, I... I think I'm leaning towards USD. I hate doing that, but I, if my if Maya was playing, the SCSU, no doubt about it. But the Jacks just aren't full strength, and that's and that's a problem. I'm looking at this Western Illinois logo here, and it it makes me think it's Washington. You see in this here, it's a it's a purple background with the with a yellow or with a W outlined in yellow. It just looks like it looks like it, they stole it from the Washington Huskies. Um, yeah. It's, I, I don't get it. But, uh, on the women's side, the the UMKC Roos play the play Western Illinois in the four five matchup on Sunday. NDSU plays Denver in the three six at two forty five p.m. 
there on Sunday. So those, I mean, any we normally we do see upsets somewhat frequently in this tournament. Um, at least in the first round, we saw it last year with UND. Do we foresee no uh, any upsets this year on either side? I don't. I think the top three seeds are pretty strong. It's a strong top three seeds. For the women, I think SUSU wins. I mean, they they handled the USD pretty good when they played them uh, the one game. So. Um, yeah, regardless of if they win or not, they're in the tournament. But it, it sucks for them because they could have maybe made the Sweet 16 again. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't see that happening without the conference player of the year. So, unfortunately, but she, like, she's still got two years to go. So, that's she's going to be there forever. This year doesn't count. So, she's got two more years to go. And, um, yeah, she, uh, she, she was really good before, but she was even better after her injury. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. The one year they finally sweep the Summit League, they lose their best player. So. Yep, and that that really sucks because yeah, this is a very deep team, a team that could go the distance. Heck, I mean, certainly reach the Sweet Sixteen, maybe get further than that. Um, hey, some... if they're like a six seed, I mean, they'll beat an eleven, mm-hmm. and you got a shot against the three. So, yep, a six seed is pretty much the perfect seed, I yes. would say. You don't want to be an eight or nine. Nope. You don't want to really be a four or five because you got that one seed yep. in that uh, sweet sixteen. So I would say being a six seed is is real good. Yeah, it is. It is probably the best one there. Um, do we want story time here? Do we? I mean, we we we'd oh. often you know do like the a sports lounge. Um, uh, you know, Podcast. get together with yeah with Marcus and and Charlie and whatnot, and we reminisce about stories and stuff. Uh, and I've often mentioned that my favorite, one of my favorite moments is when Southern Utah beat Oakland. Uh, yeah. And just the, like, the three Southern Utah fans that came said this was worth the trip just to send Oakland packing. Uh, so that's certainly, and that was at the old arena. Yeah. Um, there have been a few other memories since, like uh, me going up to, you know, Michael Tweet and, uh, yeah. and uh, comparing hand sizes because Blake Day challenged me but uh what what are some of your favorite and fondest memories of the tournament since we won't be there this year oh the summer league tournament oh we went to the royal fork last year last time we went to the royal fork me and marcus went there two years in a row before it shut down and we went to china buffet we do that buffalo wild wings on sundays yep i'll miss that this year i just the crowds the crowds are the biggest thing the arena, it was full. You couldn't get it more full for these games in the old arena. Mm-hmm. That was great to see. Because I don't know what it was, but nothing for, for the, the best crowd I have ever been in, the best crowd I've ever seen at a game, I think, was maybe those those women's WNIT games in 07 mm-hmm. when we were freshmen. Like, I don't know if it's because that was the first big crowd or something, but those crowds, at least one of them, were, were amazing. Yep. Those were great, and that first year, I think it was the first year SDSU beat Oral Roberts in the two versus seven. I think that was the very first year, I think. And Dale Moss's dad was having his health issues, and yes. yep. that was a very, I remember that being an extremely loud game, because that was the first 
SDSU men's game in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And that was extremely loud. The women <clears throat> would go on to win. So the crowds are the best parts. Crowds are so great at the new place. A little bit more spacious, but the crowds are a big part of it. Last year was not very good. Year before was great. You get to see Charlie, you get to see Drew once in a while. We get to see each other for the only time that year. So mm-hmm. that's a big part of it. And everybody else you see. Yes. For the, only, it's, the only time you see these people all year long is is during this tournament. Certain yep. people on the stat crew and, and everybody else. So that's a big part of it. And yep. I've taken days off of work for this for as long as I can remember. And... Um, I do not get to do that this year, so yep. I'll be busy Saturday night calling a game, and I'll be busy Tuesday night probably calling a game, so busy doing that, so I'm sure in future years I'll be able to make it, so, but, but this is a good year, at least for me personally, not to be able to be there because, because you have I won't to call. be, so I'm not, I'm not too upset about it. Yep. Um... Yeah, I I totally agree with you. It's great seeing everyone. It's great, you know, seeing you in person, doing our handshake calendars and uh-huh. and uh, and Marcus and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's true. You don't see these, you know, we don't see a lot of people uh, routinely, but you can count on it at the Summit League. It's just, it's uh-huh. awesome. Uh, the crowds are great. The energy, the excitement, the atmosphere. I mean, that's why the Summit League not only has kept the tournament in Sioux Falls since 2008 and will likely keep, or 2009, and will likely keep it, you know, for, you know, till the end of time if they can, or uh, barring something else unforeseen. But that's also why the Summit League moved headquarters from Illinois to, to Sioux Falls because they had so much booming success with this tournament and you know it helps when you have four dakota schools right on i-29 there that that makes it easier you have omaha you have umkc now so i mean it it makes it far more of a centralized point shall we say being in sioux falls but if it weren't for the dakota schools and and the passion of the fans and and the success that they've had with this tournament none of that happens none the, the summit league doesn't move to the headquarters to Sioux Falls. They don't yeah. extend the, the tournament here in Sioux Falls for years and years to come. It, that just doesn't happen. And it's in large part because of the fans and the and the city of Sioux Falls and how they yeah. just embraced it right off the bat. Even when I mean it's even when SDSU it's SDSU. It's SDSU fans. Yep. You know, whether whether this thing would be in Fargo, Brookings, Omaha, wherever, Minneapolis, within distance SDSU is going to be there. So this is a, you know, 80% SDSU crowd. Yep. And they love their basketball just enough, and just so happens they've got the best team. It wasn't always that way. The men were terrible the first few years. Yep. But then they became the best team, so that, that helped a lot. To have uh, the best team in your conference less than an hour away, and they're willing to, again, like we say, 7,000 people for a women's game on a Tuesday afternoon, which is – Ridiculous. Yep. So, I um, mean, yeah, it's, it's the best women's tournament in the country, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Want to talk about the weather? Yes. Yeah. Let's let's get to the weather. I mean, every year, and granted, it's March. You're you're approaching spring, but um, it it's always wacky weather. It it. 
I think there was one year, maybe, where it's like, okay, this is normal March weather, but it seems like we have extremes, either really hot weather for that time of the year or cold. You know, the first year we had that snowstorm come in on that Monday night, uh, right in Tuesday morning uh, for the championship game. I had to work with ESPN that year, and um, that was that kind of sucked Getting up that a long day, yeah, yep. Being in there, but like being in the cold and stuff as they're working through with the truck and stuff. I had to drive in sixty mile an hour winds up back up to Fargo a couple years ago. That was awful. That was just awful. Uh, but there wasn't there. The, was that the year that the snowstorm hit and shut down I twenty nine from Sioux Falls? To Maybe that was the year before. Drew was there. I think that was a couple years ago. Drew was there, and yeah, that was fun with that snowstorm and I remember we were sitting there me and Drew at the one end of the arena and getting ready for like one of the games and the six o'clock men's game and then it comes over the PA that oh yeah by the way the interstate's gonna close like at seven o'clock like oh that's good so not that anybody was going anywhere or needed to get anywhere I'm sure most of them were staying around the area so that was good yeah, the first year we had some snow at the end of it. I remember the first year, I feel like it was really nice at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And we had snow at the end. And Dan, he had to help with the ESPN2. And we, we, we drove in together, but then thinking back on it, I don't know why I went with him on Tuesday. <laughs> because we had to get up like at 5 in the morning, which yep. was stupid. Yep. And the game wasn't until like, you know, 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And I don't know why I went with him, because I didn't have anything to do. Right. So I should have said, how about you drive yourself, and I'll be there like at noon. So that was dumb. And, yeah, the weather, uh, yeah, it could be 70 or it could be a blizzard. We've had we've had both. Yep. And this year it's, it's 65 degrees on Sunday. Probably could reach 70. Who knows? Yep. And then Tuesday <clears throat> night it's supposed to, like, there's a cold front coming through, mm-hmm. I think. We're supposed to get some rain at least here in St. Cloud. We are supposed to, so I mean, it, even towards the tail end of the tournament, there's something that the, there's a system that's going to come in, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't impact the four days uh, when the games are playing per se. Yeah, and always that that, that last game on Sunday, that eight thirty game on Sunday. It's there's not a lot of people there, mm-hmm. and now uh, sometimes it can be a fun game. I know a couple of years ago it was pretty fun. And we sat down kind of close and we're kind of asshole fans or uh, we're getting into it more than mm-hmm. normal because it was whatever, Denver versus Ola Roberts or whoever it is. And, and you could hear for, everything for, in the arena. Yeah, you, can, you know, there's, you know, a thousand people in there, if that. And, yeah, you can hear everything. And, um, you know, it, and there's like was it an overtime game a couple years ago with Denver. I thought mm-hmm. that was really good. And... You just pick a couple players and make fun of them or whatever. But uh, sometimes, yeah, at the end, it can get kind of goofy and fun mm-hmm. on Sunday. And then the real game starts on uh, on Monday. On that Monday, and then you know you just wait till Tuesday. So it's all waiting till Tuesday to win these games. Uh, I think there was one year too where it was extremely foggy driving mm-hmm. back to Brookings. It was just. It was so bad, but if, I mean, fortunately, you're in a caravan of Jackrabbit fans, you know, trying to be, which was helpful. But yeah, it's. I'm trying to think of any other like really extreme weather, um, that uh, driven in. 
Uh, last year was fine driving, you know, to Saint to and from Saint mm-hmm. Cloud, which was good because it's a longer drive than uh, to Fargo. Uh, trying, I mean, it's just it's all it just seems so wacky. Like you, like I said, you, you could be seventy one day and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm really hot. I got to leave this jacket in, and then the next day mm-hmm. is extremely windy. You're like, oh my god, I need gloves, a hat, and like two parkas on. <laughs> I remember I would wear a suit for a few games early in those yep. first few years. I remember Mike Sullivan. He was this old guy that ran the Sioux Falls Sports Authority. And he wouldn't let you or somebody in to eat ice cream or something. Yes. Oh, that was And so like, I had the like We had the same passes, and I got in, and you didn't. And that guy's a dick. It was a bunch of bullshit. It it's was. like, whatever, dude. It's we like, had to like, kind of sneak in a couple of times. Yeah, because like, Wags and... Uh, the, the good doctor and Fenske, they all got in. I don't know why. I think it was Dan and I got singled out. Like, you have the same pass as they do, so I don't know what. So, yeah, stupid, stupid stuff like that. And you recognize some of the ushers yep. and the workers. Mm-hmm. That uh, I think that one football coach guy that had a football class, he was been an usher yep. or a worker there. So you recognize some of these people. So, um and the free tickets. Free tickets are always nice. Yep. And I somehow got a press pass a couple of years ago. I have no idea. I didn't. <laughs> maybe my, my boss signed up. I did not. So I got that. So, um, I really, yeah, it's 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 always it's always a good time. It, I mean, even just thinking back to the early years too, where you know we'd have to work the phone. Like that was one of my roles yeah. was to wait for ESPN to call because that wasn't when you had automatic uh, scoring and like because I think. The, the tournament wasn't televised except for a couple of games. I think UMKC brought a truck up. or a, yeah. There was a truck from Kansas City. So not every game was televised then. And so, I mean, you didn't have these scores updating routinely and, and having live streams of anything. So ESPN would call on the phone. You have to give them the time. And yeah, I think there was one time where we had to wait for the national anthem to go. And he had them on the yep. line. I, there was another year where I had to run down and make sure all the stat monitors didn't freeze. That was, and ESPN was a bit of a bitch about that. So, uh, yep. um, it it's 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 fun to reminisce about these times because it it, it it's just a very fun time of the year. Yeah, it'll, it'll never be the same because, like, I don't work there anymore. You you do some stats, we'll see what happens mm-hmm. in the future. But yeah, those those were good times in college. Doing that was over spring break, and I wasn't going to go anywhere for spring break anyway. So that was good. Doing those games, and those were those were the biggest games, biggest games of the year. Those were fun. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Uh, so looking. I, I do remember one more story. I yeah, was in, uh, I, I missed one. What did I? I missed one tournament. Yeah, the, the tournament I missed. I missed. Uh, I was in Charlotte. I missed it. That was the first year SDSU won. Oh, uh, against Western Illinois. Uh, yeah, t- played. It was Nate Walters and stuff. That was yeah. That was, I feel that I feel like that was a very significant tournament, and I missed it, which sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with with them winning for the and that was the year like Oral Roberts were kind of, they were kind of expected to win, but uh, but they were upset. Yep. So um, SGSU they were the number two team, and they barely got past Western Illinois. It was such a struggle to get past them. Yeah, they couldn't and, score. That was when Molinari was the coach. And yeah, I believe, God, that sucks. I, I believe Western actually like brought in Augie students to yep. make noise for them and stuff. Like they gave them Western Illinois shirts and bought them pizza and stuff to 
to try and even things out. That was... So I missed that, and I remember the, the Bobcats were playing the Orlando Magic that night. And I remember I was at work that day, and the women, they played UMKC, which was also odd. Mm-hmm. And that, did both games go to overtime or just the women? The women's game went into overtime. The men's game went into overtime as well. I mean, both games went into overtime. It was great. I remember we were at the um, catering area before the game, and I had the game on. Somebody's like, what are we doing watching this? I'm like, well, I'm from here, so this is what we're watching. We're watching this <laughs> U.S. or SCSU, UMKC, Summit League women's game at 4 in the afternoon. They probably so didn't even watching. know where South Dakota was on a map. Yeah. So we're watching. It was a great game, and they ended up winning. And then the, the actual you know game here starts. I'm on the East Coast, so the game doesn't start to what, about 8.30 my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a rare game where the Bobcats, this is one of like the three games they won at home this year. They won like seven overall. Yep. So I'm like, I want to see them win a game because that hasn't happened very often. You're watching history. So I was watching them actually win once against the Magic. And then I was also back in the office, so keeping tabs on the on, on the game, on the Western Illinois game. I was kind of going back and forth there, and we were watching that. So, yeah, that's – unfortunately, I missed that one. The next year I was in Nashville, and I made it a point of – I was going to drive up for that Monday and Tuesday, mm-hmm. and uh, they ended up winning again, of course. Um, we had a bunch of softball games that weekend for Tennessee State. So I left Sunday, and I went and drove somewhere and stayed overnight, and – I ended up getting there in time. I think I probably got there probably around four thirty, five o'clock in time for the for the, the, the night games on Monday. Mm-hmm. I got there, so I needed to go back and see that. So those those are one and a half tournaments I've missed. Yeah. And those are tournaments you all and those are memories again that you'll always remember yeah. regarding the Summit League tournament, which is great. Um, well, Doggone Wichita State beating Tulane right now. I, I mean, I'm pissed off that Boise State lost. I really wanted that. I mean, Crane's I'm not going to color Minnesota they this year. I mean, Boise State laid a massive egg here, uh, so that, that really sucks. Right now, Syracuse is up on Clemson right now, staying in bubble discussion. Uh, Wichita State is up on Tulane. If Wichita State loses, are these are these conference games? Are these tournament games or whatever? No, no, these these are still just regular season games. Regular season. Regular season. Because then, once the summer league title uh, championship was over, and then boom, then the big tournaments would start. Yes. That Wednesday, Thursday, yep. you get the Big East and the ACC and the Big Ten. So yep. it was one right after another. It was yep. basketball, and then it was more basketball. Yep. Uh, I so far for this month. Yeah, we have seen great basketball. I know we're only a few days in, but I, I mean, I don't know if you watched any of the West Virginia Baylor game Tuesday. No. Fantastic game, back and forth. It looked at times like Baylor was back to themselves, and then they got tired, and West Virginia made a run. But it's just back and forth. The game went to overtime. Uh, questionable charge uh, call against West Virginia that kind of helped Baylor. Uh, seal the deal and, and win that game. But it was, that was a great game. I, I hope that was the game of the year. It, it comes on the heels from a couple of weeks ago when we saw Michigan and Ohio State play, and that was the game of the year with how great uh, just in the back and forth there and how well played and clean the game was for the most part. Um, so that was a great game. And then to see... All the action in the horizon. You have Northern Kentucky beating Detroit on a last-second tip-in. Uh, then 
Wright State, Scott, or uh, Nagy! They, they blew a 24-point lead in the second half Jesus with Christ. six minutes to go. Six minutes left, and they lose to Milwaukee, the eight seed. Wright State was the two seed. Cleveland State, the one seed, almost lost to the PFWs. They were trailing for much of the, or parts of that game deep in the second half. They win in triple overtime, and then they... The other, like, the most anticlimactic game, arguably, of the day was still an an overtime game in Youngstown State. The sixth seed loses to Oakland, and Greg Campy, the three seed, 87-83. I mean, just, this is what March is. You get these great games. And then you get Boise State pissing me off because you blow a nine-point lead at home to a terrible Fresno State team. Damn you to hell, Boise State. Come on. Um, So, boo to the blue turf there but uh this is why we love march we love seeing these games and the these upsets and uh, this is college basketball this is tournament time hopefully it's it's a, a sign of things to come you know, yeah. we're wondering are there going to be a lot of upsets this year no crowd are there going to be no upsets because there's no crowd uh what's the season going to look like or is it just kind of going to kind of be a normal tournament so early on at least there's you know in the first day or two there's been a lot of a lot of great games. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you know, that horizon, we'll see if that's a harbinger of things to come. But, um, well, and the, yeah. and the Big Ten is going to be fantastic. I mean, Illinois, without arguably their best player, Io Dosumu, uh, they went not only went into Ann Arbor and beat Michigan, they beat them down. They were they won by, like, yeah. 25. I mean, it was, it was amazing to watch. Illinois is a team... You know, if we're trying to figure out who's going to make it to the Final Four, and like, the Big Ten might cannibalize itself to a degree because Iowa is really good. Illinois is really good. Michigan's extremely good. Ohio State, I don't think is quite as good. I think they're probably the fourth best team out of those four. But you have teams that can legitimately make it to the Final Four, and they're going to be paired up in brackets with one another, and something's going to happen. I mean, it's... It's very difficult. It, it'll be interesting to see how the bracket plays out and what seed they get and where they're at. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's just phenomenal. I mean, the, the, what Illinois did was amazing. Yeah, it, that surprised me. Um, you know, Michigan talked about them last week as the team I liked to the Final Four. Yep. And I still do. Illinois, it's like, Illinois, I mean, what they got your guy Underwood, right? Yes, they so do. He's, he's turned that around pretty damn quick. Yep. So... Um, yeah, Big Ten's really good, just not the teams that you're used to with, you know, Michigan State or Wisconsin. Yeah. You know, it's uh, Michigan's usually pretty good, but Illinois is not, and Iowa's not bad. There's some newer teams. Yeah, Purdue is, is, is in that discussion, but, I mean, they, they've been good for a while. And you would think the Big Ten's going to get probably at least one number one seed out of this, out of, you know, Illinois, Michigan, or somebody. At least one, yeah. And we got Baylor and Gonzaga. They're guaranteed, and who else would be in that discussion? Illinois, Michigan. Yep. Who else? Uh, Alabama. Who else that? Alabama could play their way into a one. Jesus Christ, I mean, that's just. I'm trying to think. Oh. I mean, I th- yeah, Iowa. I think could play their way into a one if they go through here and and win uh, the the Big Ten. Ohio State like nobody... was the one. Um, let me see. Like nobody in the ACC is doing much. 
No. For Florida State to be some they lost North Carolina. I was paying attention to that North Carolina-Florida State game, and Florida State was winning. I'm like, all right, that makes sense. Then, like, a half hour later, they lost by, like, 10 points. I'm like, well, that's that's not good. Right. It's, it's, it's stupefying. Like, how does it, how does a UNC team look so bad against Marquette, a not very good Marquette yeah. team, and then look so bad for for stretches, for most of that first half against Florida State, and then turn it on, and then they, they inexplicably, not inexplicably, but they lose to Syracuse, a Syracuse team they probably shouldn't. Um, just yeah. looking at it here, looking at the latest bracketology, uh, Gonzaga is a one, Illinois is a one, Baylor's a one, and Michigan's a one. So Yeah, Michigan should get two. Yes, yep. Illinois is taking Houston. the place. Oh, look at Houston, Carl. Didn't, didn't Houston lose recently? Yes, they did. Uh, to Wichita Last State. week or two. I really need Wichita State to lose because that would help uh, Boise State's uh, no. chances of getting in. Because Wichita State, I don't think, is making the tournament unless they get unless they They're win 12 the AAC, AAC or get to the um, you know get to the to the championship game in that. In that conference, I mean, Villanova loses to Butler on Sunday. That's somewhat uh, huge upset. Questionable, yeah. Uh, and we we like Butler, but not great. I'll tell you who the four teams though that I'm looking at to make a significant run in this tournament, at least as of right now. Subject to change, I really like what Arkansas is doing there. Eric Musselman has that team believing they they are very good. Alabama with Nate Oates, they shoot a lot of threes. They play very good defense. Alabama's a team that I like. I think the team the mo- that I like the most, though, right now, Florida State. It's, mm-hmm. They have they play very good defense. They have a fantastic freshman. Um, and the, the name's escaping me. I'm going to bring them up right now. Uh, his name is like Scotty... Uh, I guess it's a big year for the SEC. I mean, it seems like all these conferences have new teams at the top. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's it's not, not the Kentucky, year for the Blue Bloods. It's not Florida this year. It's Alabama and Arkansas. Scotty Barnes is the is the guy for Florida State. That is, uh, he's not your traditional guy. And then the other team that I forgot, Oklahoma State with Cade Cunningham. Yeah, Fantastic yeah, freshman. And if the basketball gods are kind, uh, may he go to Minnesota at number one. Yeah, if they're kind, they'll say no. Let's let's not let's not let him go up there. Yeah, well, because things things bad things happen to to people that go up to play basketball up there. So. That's that's so true. It's so true. But I, <clears throat> I like Oklahoma State's a very young team. I think they're like one of the the ten youngest teams in the country. But it, the way they've played, you know, been able to knock off Oklahoma twice. Uh, the way they've been able to. I mean, Kate Cunningham's very, very good. Uh, and you can ride stars like that a ways in the tournament. Uh, so I would I would say out of the two that I really like, Oklahoma State and Florida State are probably the teams I like the most. I think Alabama, not not quite. I think they, they've reached the pinnacle a little earlier than what they we expected them to with Nate Oates, who did fantastic work at Buffalo. So this isn't surprising. It's just surprising how fast it was. And then Arkansas, they were up and down for much of this season, and the last few games have really turned it on. So I don't know if this is, you know, a mirage per se, but I think Arkansas is still a team that warrants looking at significantly when the bracket's released. 
Yeah, a lot of teams in that four or five range, you know, Florida State, Oklahoma State. You know, you got your, your normal teams like Villanova as a three seed. I like Texas Tech as a six. Yeah. You know, they're not lighting the world on fire, but, you know, they they play a certain style. That's tough. So it'll be interesting to see if any of these teams like North Carolina or like a Connecticut's or any team that struggled like that, mm-hmm. whether they make a run or whether they're done right away. Well, so, like Michigan State. Michigan State's. Yeah. Uh, are they even, I mean, they're bad. Are they, are they even in this? Yes, they are. They, they are right well, now. They, they, the, they, the who who did they play that? I watched them play somebody the other day. It was Maryland. And they just got, it was, it was bad. they're so bad. It was bad. I, I don't I, I don't think they're getting in. That comes they on are the, so bad. That comes on the heels, though, of them winning against Illinois and Ohio yeah. State. And then they, like, how do you do that? How do you do that? I, <laughs> how do you do then you go to Maryland and just lay an egg? I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I and, then they're, and they're another team that would piss me off if they were to make a run because, like, you were garbage all year, and now you're a 12 seed, and now you're going to make some noise. So To your point on Texas Tech, here are their losses so far this year. November 29th, an 11-point loss to Houston. Not a bad loss. Houston's re- really good. A one-point loss to... Kansas at home, December 17th. Okay, not a bad loss there. Five-point overtime loss to Oklahoma State on January 2nd at home. Again, you don't want to lose home games, but Oklahoma State's really good. They lose against Baylor at home, 68-60. Baylor's going to be a one seed. Lose at West Virginia by one uh, on January 25th. Not a bad loss. Then West Virginia beat them again by 11 at home. Yeah, that's maybe a little worse there, but then losing at Kansas by six and then at Oklahoma State by five in overtime. Like Texas Tech is very, very close to winning, you know, three or four more of these games. Uh, Matt McClung, mm-hmm. uh, Georgetown transfer, great shooter. He kind of pushes that team in that direction, I think. So, yeah, Texas Tech certainly a team to look at. I was just looking at a three seed. I mean, West Virginia – to me, seems like a team that could make a deep run. Yeah, this they've year. been, you know, they, they went toe to toe with Baylor the other night. So, I mean, it seems like there's more teams than usual that you like or I like. I'm like, you know, yeah, there's like ten teams that are like, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. I mean, some of them are going to lose that first first game or first yeah. or second game. They can't all make the Sweet Sixteen, or else we're going to get them all right. It's just so, how how well, many of these teams can actually beat the one seeds, the two seeds. That's the problem. It's 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 difficult for me to look at some of these fours, some of these five seeds, and say, yeah, you're going to beat Illinois in the Sweet 16, or you're going to take down Gonzaga in the Sweet 16. I, it's just, as good as they are, or as good as they've played, I mean, the, it seems like the one seeds are just so much better. Yeah, you. I mean, Gonzaga. I mean, is anybody talking about? I mean, they're having an undefeated year. Yes, they are. Only undefeated. I mean, that seems like it's always a big story. Was Kentucky a few years ago, or you know what? Indiana in 1976, whenever it was. Yep. Last undefeated team. And Wichita State was undefeated a few years back and played Kentucky. Kentucky was an eight seed that year, and it was unfair because Kentucky was playing their best basketball. So they were they were playing they were listed as an eight seed, but they were far better yeah. than an eight seed. And, and Wichita State came up short there. That I think that pissed off a that lot was of people. A, I remember that being a pretty great game. Yep, I think that came down to the end, and um, I think Kentucky went to the Final Four that year. Yep. So I, I mean, I haven't heard a whole lot about 
Gonzaga, but you know, this is a team that maybe has the best shot of being undefeated the first time in 40, 45 years. So it's exciting. I'm mm-hmm. ready for it. And when it doesn't start till what? Well, it's we, a Friday is when it starts now? It's, yeah. a day, it's a day behind? Is that right? Friday, yes. Saturday, Sunday, Monday? Yep. So they're doing the first four games on Thursday this year. So all four games because they want to make sure they have ample time for testing. And um, I think the only team have to forfeit. I think I don't, they're, they're, I don't think so. I think they I mean, have some teams a on conferences, but I don't think it's happening. Yeah, I think they have a few. Te- they're going to have a few teams on standby. But if you if you test positive and can't play, it's just they're not going to find another team to sub in for you. There, it's just going to be like, okay. Well, I heard I heard something. This is on the radio, so I don't know. There's one. What was this like? They're going to have teams. Like if you can't play right away, they'll have a backup team. But if obviously yes. if you get into the tournament, yeah, I never heard that. Is that something that happened? Uh, it's it's yeah, it's there. I don't I mean, know. Guess that's not going to happen. I don't know the. I don't know how Rules. it's going to work, but I think that is something that they are looking at doing. Uh, at least yeah, first round. I think it's it seems like it's more so for the. The, the one bid leagues, you know, if they're if okay. the automatic qualifier can't play, then you got to have another team on standby. I doubt you're going to have any of these uh, first four out teams. Maybe like get into someone like a, a UConn or whatever who's on one of the last four buys. They can't play. I don't know if they're going to. I don't know if they're going to put in Boise State or Duke or St. Louis or any any team like that. Uh, it's I a, guess it's a good situation. Selection Sunday bracket's going to remain the same. With teams in their spot, no matter what might happen, it does not mean the teams inside the bracket can't change because of COVID. They can, but the NCAA is making room for four at-large replacement teams, if necessary, to move into the tournament, uh, should that be required. So, so I guess if a if a seven seed that is not a conference tournament winner can't play due to COVID, mm-hmm. then they would put in one of these replacement teams. So that would be odd. You would have a you know a twelve or a thirteen seed take the spot of a seven seed. So I don't. I'm not sure I like that. No, but it, it's I mean, it's just a unique year. I mean, this is obviously isn't something that they're going to do year after year. This is a you know considering the circumstances. Um, like if if a top three or four seed has COVID, that's going to be amazing. I don't think you can put in a. In one of these bubble teams, let's say it's Boise State. Let's say Boise State's one of those first four out. Mm-hmm. Or, God forbid, it's, you know, Michigan State. or Like, Duke's pretty much done with. But let's say it's one of these, you know, big time. Let's say, you know, let's say Duke makes a run to the tournament final. Mm-hmm. And all, all of a sudden they're on the bubble. And they don't get in, but they're one of the four alternate teams. And let's say, like, you know, West Virginia gets hurt and West Virginia's a four seed. I'm like, oh, Duke, you get to go in. Duke's a four seed this year. Well, yeah. People would be losing their goddamn minds. So, right. Okay, so if you look at the first four out right now as, as we're recording this podcast here, the first four out are Boise State, Utah State, St. Louis, and Duke. I so know, Duke, yeah, like, yeah that's, that's, like, that's something. I know who I would – like, of course, I would want Boise State in there. I would want St. Louis. I would want the, and I would want the committee to take that first team out. But I could certainly see if there is a, a blue blood out there, like a Duke, like a Syracuse in Indiana, Michigan State, them saying, well, I mean, we could throw this in for ratings. I mean, 
I think there would be a lot of outrage if they did that, but I could certainly see them doing it if a team had to back out. The, the deadline is Tuesday at 5 o'clock. So after the bracket is released, if nothing happens by Tuesday at 5 o'clock, then the bracket is set and there could be a forfeit. So we'll know pretty early if something happens, and I would expect uh, nothing, nothing is going to happen. Yeah, it's it just interesting what if. these uh, um, Like the, the smaller bid leagues, the automatic qualifiers and stuff, they're going to make sure that they are essentially putting like a bomb shelter to yeah. – to, to get them away from the rest of the, like the public that could possibly give them uh, COVID. And, of course, they'll be testing and stuff. I saw the Patriot League game got canceled. Loyola, mm-hmm. Maryland, and Holy Cross. I mean, I know who I had in that. I was, I was had a lot of money on that game. And Holy Cross, I think, had to, had to cancel. And I'm guessing it was you know, for COVID. So, I mean, we're going to see that in the conference tournaments here. So, Loyola, Maryland advances all, already out of the first round of the Patriot tournament. But I mean that's, I mean, and that's gonna suck. But I mean, we see the NIT going from thirty-two teams to sixteen teams, and they're making. I mean, the is there from, any reason to have an NIT? I, like, why even have it? I, they're moving it to Dallas. Yep. Like this, uh, so even you know SDSU, they would have been in that if uh, if they don't win the summer league. Mm-hmm. And now they probably won't be. I would imagine there'll be probably quite a few teams that will decline. NIT bids this year. I saw. I can't. I can't remember where I saw it or I heard it. But someone said, "Do you really think that Duke is? If no, they don't make going. it, that they're going to say, oh, let's go down to Dallas, Fort Worth to play in the NIT.' If they said, I mean, they didn't want to do the Bad Boy Mowers Invitational no. and go to Sioux Falls. They sure as hell ain't going to play in the NIT, a watered down no, NIT tournament. Yeah, they didn't even want to play the season. For God's sake, so. Let alone the NIT. So maybe SCSU gets in. I think they need quite a few teams to drop out, though. Mm-hmm. Not to get political here, politics, but because we brought up the NIT and it's being played in Dallas, the women's tournament is being played ex- exclusively in the San Antonio area, uh, just like the men's tournament's being played in the Indianapolis and surrounding uh, towns within Indiana. But with the mask mandate, or pretty much all oh, COVID geez. restrictions being lifted by Governor Greg Abbott there in Texas, does that put the NCAA tournament in jeopardy at all? Like, the, I'm no. just wondering if there's something, like, logistically it's probably a nightmare because you're so close to the tournament beginning, you've kind of set all this these up, but do you maybe look at an alternative site? Because could that... Could that mean it's a little more uh, risky for all these teams and coaches, uh, you know, officials and everyone down there, you know, with restrictions being lifted so close to the tournament? Do I mean, would do you think the NCAA would move it so quickly? No, I don't think it'll be an issue because everybody's going to be required to wear a mask, regardless of what the state of Texas said today or yesterday. Um, like if whoever's in that arena has to have a mask. Mitchell had a mask mandate this winter. They took it away uh, a month or so ago. Um, it doesn't mean you, you, you can go to the Corn Palace and not wear a mask. You still have to wear a mask inside the Corn Palace. You still have to wear a mask inside a Walmart. You're supposed to. And you know, all these businesses have the signs up. So just because the state or the city may say our mask mandate is up, that doesn't mean that you know everybody's running around without a mask. I, I assume a lot of businesses 
especially these arenas are going to require you to have a mask. So I think it'll be okay. But with this thing, like they've had this in place for so long, the mask mandate and the vaccines are getting out there. Like, why would you not wait another two months? I think we're so close stack and we're so close to getting, getting, getting back here to normal. And like, why would you not wait until the end of May? Like, why would you say, oh, let's open up now? To like, dis- just to distract just from the from the winter storm uh, issues that they've yeah. had. Oh yeah, because because we're too stupid. We're, we're a dumb society with too many idiots in it. So instead of saying, you know, how about we, you know, we've done it for this long, what's another month? Give me another month. Give me two more months. Mm-hmm. And hey, when we get you know fifty percent of the. Uh, of the population vaccinated and we're like maybe at 80 percent of the elderly population then you know what all right open up no more masks do that but to do it now it's like we're just we're just getting there mm-hmm. we're doing a good job of that two two and a half million shots a day it's like could you wait a month but of course we can't because because we make awful decisions so that's fun yep Right now, Seton Hall is up on UConn by nine. I mean, this is this is just terrible for Boise State. They needed the, these teams to lose. Come on, come on. UConn. Oh, you know what? You know what? Boise State could have done. They could have fucking won. They could have. They could have fucking. And this was a made-up game that the the because the, they had a game canceled with Fresno State, and the Mountain West said, "Okay, play this one." They weren't even scheduled to play on Tuesday night. I think the Mountain West is now kind of uh, regretting that decision, but. We have a long time. Maybe they can win the Mountain West. Um, we'll see. Do you think, you know, speaking of, of states kind of opening up with you know freedom and stuff from COVID, um, are you a little surprised that that the Summit League tournament is going to be held without fans considering South Dakota doesn't have those restrictions that a lot of other states have? I mean, I know it's I would say no because there's been no fans all year at any of these Summit League games. Okay. So I don't think they're going to open it up. Corn Palace um, has been limited to you know just ticket vouchers with with the appearance of the uh, of the players. You know, I think they get each two tickets each or something like that. Mm-hmm. And now they've got a postseason game coming up uh, Friday and Saturday, and it's going to be a South Dakota High School Activities Association game. Technically, not a Mitchell game, so it's going to be fifty percent capacity, which would be at sixteen hundred or so. Okay. So I'd imagine more people will be at that game than any other Mitchell game this year, just because if you want to go and see the game, you actually can yep. and buy tickets. But no, I, I, I'm not surprised because I think it's you no, know, it's it's the summer league. Whatever the city and the state and whatever, that's fine. But it's up yeah. to each each it's conference, up. each building for them to say, you know what, we're, we're not going to do this. Right. So. And you're in a smaller arena anyway. It did. It was just when they made the decision. It was so early, and I was a little surprised that they did. It was just because, like, okay, maybe you could wait a little bit, see if conditions improve, and maybe you could have a few fans there. I know the SEC tournament's going to have 3,400 fans in Nashville. Uh, they're going to have fans at the ACC tournament in Greensboro. I believe that's where it's at, Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, I, I feel like you could have fans, you know, at the, uh, at the Premier Center. It's a big enough yeah. building. You could, could have, you have like, two thousand fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, we, we've seen some of those games we talked about, those Sunday night games. Yeah. So those those are that's a very socially distanced crowd. Yeah. Before we knew what that term meant, and uh, we got state tournaments here these next two weeks in South Dakota, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people there. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 
next week we will have, if you're up for it, uh, we will do a, a podcast next week. We normally don't because we're at the Summit League Tournament, but uh, next week we can take a look at some of these other bigger conferences, uh, Make you know, right. preview some of them, re- recap what's going on, you know, look at the auto bids thus far, maybe like who, which of the auto bids has a chance to, to win a game or something in the tournament. So we can have a little fun with that next week. Um, I mean, this is this is March. This is what we we love. We we love the college basketball and and this you know the NCAA tournament and you know championship week and whatnot. Uh, so that's all I have here uh, for this week. Anything else that we need to get to outside of the college basketball world that you'd like to discuss? Not really. Spring training is going on, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna have to watch the Twins somehow because it's not on. Uh, YouTube TV, Fox Sports North, or whatever they're calling it these days. Bally's or something like that? Bally's Sports Network, so it's not on YouTube TV, and apparently not going to be there for a while. My parents haven't had it on Dish for a year, two years now. I even looked this, uh, and maybe it's because they're going through a transition, but I just looked today. They don't even list Fox Sports. on. It's just uh, sports alternate channels. I think I have a few NBC Sports uh, and, like, uh, NESN, you know the the, Norton, the New England Sports Network, they're out of Boston. I I get those channels, but even then they can't watch live games because of you know blackout restrictions or whatnot. So uh, it's it's very limited right now. Yeah, it was off, and then they did bring it back for the start of the baseball season last year, and that was good. And then they took it off right after. So I thought, eh, maybe they'll come to an agreement once baseball starts. But it doesn't sound good. Uh, Hulu TV doesn't have it. So it's it's not good. No, you know it's it's I mean very convenient just to get it on your TV, but uh, it pisses a lot of know, fans off. It pisses a lot of yes, people it does. Off. Yes, it does. So we'll we'll get it on the illegal stream somehow, but that is be more of an inconvenience than anything else. So uh, one one note here: JJ Watson, Arizona Cardinal. That's uh, significant. That's odd. Uh, Kyle Rudolph is not. Yeah. That that move was coming though. You knew it was. Yeah. I mean, just way too much money for a guy who just doesn't do a lot for them anymore. It, like he, you know, he was he was good. He was good tight end, very good. But uh, the way they talked about him, it's like I thought he was so overrated just on the way. It's not his fault. But you know, I'd be watching these games and just the way they would talk about Kyle Rudolph, like he was, you know, Travis Kelsey or somebody or Jimmy Graham. <laughs> Like he's nice, but then a month goes by and I forget he's even on the team. So it's like, yeah, Kyle Rudolph, great. So, you know, maybe best, second best tight end in team history, but yep. he was there for ten years. He had over five hundred yards three times, which is eh. How many times do you think Sack and he was in the top ten among tight ends in receiving yards? Mm, I'll say none. Twice. Ah. One year, his best year, he was fourth. Another year, he was ninth. He caught some touchdowns. Yeah, he did. He caught pretty much everything that was thrown to him. Yeah, yeah, the huge hands. Uh, caught the touchdown against the Saints there in the playoff game a couple years ago. That was big. Yep. But it's like he was good. Thank you for your service for ten years. But yeah. you know, I think um, it's what it's it's more so what he did in the community, though. I mean, he does such sure, great work with the University of Minnesota Children's. Hospital and stuff, creating that way. Well, yeah, he's he embodies like being a true member of the community and stuff. I think that's what pe- he's such a great person. I think that's what people are looking at it more is that we're losing the person on the team, not necessarily the just the player. 
Yeah. I'm, he probably has a couple years left. So He's looking at New England, apparently. New England's there. preferred destination. But it's not like he can't be replaced. And I don't know. You get a third wide receiver for Christ's sake. I mean, we have two two receivers. That's I, I mean, get a get a third guy, not a tight end. Get a third receiver who's not somebody I've never heard of. Now we have plenty of time to discuss the NFL draft. That's going to come. Yes, we do. Uh, you know, after, you like the guy? Where the guy? The guy from some random school? Who's it? Well, isn't it? Is that a, isn't he a receiver from Kent State or somewhere? No, 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 no. Oh, who's the guy? No, well, you like some guy, some obscure guy. From... I mean, let's say. I mean, if Jamar Chase oh. fell to them out of LSU, you're going to well, take him. I mean, if Devontae Smith falls to them at 14 from Alabama, you got to take him over yeah, an but... offensive tackle or a defensive end or whoever like that. You have to. I did see a mock draft. I think it was from Pro Football Focus, and. I don't know. I mean, they're they're of course plugged in. You know, they're they're very they're a reputable source. I just don't see this guy falling down to him. But they had Kyle Pitts, the tight end from oh my. falling him at fourteen. If Pitts felt that, him at 14, I mean, none of those guys. I know those all those guys are like top ten guys. I mean, yeah. If Uda, it, I mean, if Pitts, Kyle felt, Pitts. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Then yes. Then yes. yes give me him. He's, yeah. I mean, he's more receiver. But yes. still, I mean, Jesus Christ. Was, but, I mean, that would fit the need to, you know, to fill in for the tight end spot. It would fill in, you know, a guy you could help block, you know, chip on the line. And it would fill that wide receiver spot to a degree because he's built like a wide He's He's yeah. like a wide receiver, but he's built as a tight end. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a wide receiver through and through. There's so, I, mean, that's, I, I think they're going to go defensive end, defensive line, defensive end. I hope not. I think is... You know, they got Daniel Hunter. They got the the Ravens guy. My so, Rangers, yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, that, that that defensive line was probably their weakness last year. It's it sure was. It sure was. So I'm so I'm fine with them doing that. And I would I would assume it's going to be a defensive end guy from Michigan, some guy who's been out there. So um, I, I I would I would say that's if, a likelihood at this point. If they if they had one of those these three great offensive. Uh, oh, yeah, weapons geez, yeah. fall to him. Of course, you take him, but I hope they trade back. Maybe recoup a second round pick, and then um, you know if there's I, like I, I really like this Christian Darisau, uh offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. I think he could be a, a good spot. But there's talk that they're going to keep brief. So then it's really you know just filling in with a guard or something for Dakota Dozier because he sure as hell ain't coming back. So no, it, a lot of time though. That that's that's down the road. So we have. Uh, college basketball galore to talk about next week. And, of course, in two weeks is our biggest podcast, our best oh, podcast of the year, the Bracket Breakdown. Uh, we'll, we'll go, we'll pick every game. We'll we'll provide you some keen insight that you can only find on the Sports Block podcast because it's not like any other sports show or podcast no. isn't going to talk about uh, the, the bracket that week, right? Not really. Outside of everybody, there's not a whole lot of people. So... <laughs> Outside of them. Oh, boy. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Anything else we need to get to? Should be good. I got... Uh, it's a very long week for me. Yes. Yeah. How have the games been um, going that you've been calling thus far? It's been, it's been fine thus far. Friday, I've got three games, which I'm not looking forward to at all. Um, I was in Woonsocket, which is about... Not quite 40 miles northwest of here on 
Monday nights between two not very good teams, between Mitchell Christian, who was three and fourteen, and Sanborn Central Woonsocket. They were about seven and twelve. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mitchell Christian was down to six players. Ooh. They played six players in this game. Two of them were eighth graders. The one eighth grader came in for the other one for maybe a minute or two. Okay. So they essentially played with five guys. Wow. And this one kid went off for 29 points. He had six threes. This game was far exceeded my expectations. Uh, Mitchell Christian, they were ahead by 13 points in the second half, lost by five. Just a, a dagger of a loss for them. Um we got, they got outscored in the fourth quarter, 27-11. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was unfortunate for, for a bad team. That would have been nice for them to get a big-time win like that. Mm-hmm. It's probably the smallest gym I've ever been in to call a game. The ceiling could not have been more than 25 feet tall. Really? There was a shot at the end of the end of one of the quarters where it almost hit the ceiling. It was a drop ceiling, and this was a small-ass gym. And it felt like you know, the, the court was very good. The, the design on the court was excellent. The court was good. It's it kind of like, like a, it was a some... small-scale Pentagon, so to speak? You know, no, I mean, no, this was just ridiculously small. Okay. It felt like it was some rich guy's really nice shed I was in. <laughs> I was like, oh, I gotta, I'm a rich guy, I'm worth millions of dollars, I'm going to build a nice basketball court and have like a 25-foot roof. So, so. could people hear uh, your call in the arena or in the gym oh, yes. not, uh, I, I, rather yeah, than listening on the radio? <laughs> kind of sitting there higher up and, you know... I went with the golfer voice a couple times because it was very quiet at some of these free throws. And, um, yeah, no doubt they could hear me calling this game and some of the quiet, quiet parts. So mm-hmm. probably the smallest gym I've ever been in. Then last night it was at Alexandra, which is 15 miles up the interstate of that, very close. Oh, that's only 40 uh, minutes away from me. Oh, oh, wait, oh, other Alexandria. No, no, other Alexandria, uh, South Dakota. Okay, n- and not Virginia. The, <laughs> it was the Hanson Beavers, they're usually pretty good, against the Oldham Ramona Rutland Raiders. Um, I've made a list of, like, all the games that I've done, mm-hmm. going back to that first game we did. Or was it very cold against, was it Southern Utah, that softball game? Yes, yep. I kind of count that as the, the unofficial first game, even though it wasn't on, on the radio. So going back from then, I've kind of compiled it here over the last uh, year. I compiled that. So I, and once I'm done here with, with basketball, I want to compile all the schools that I've done. All the schools I've done for football games, all the schools I've done for basketball. I don't think I did an old Ham Ramona Rutland game. Maybe once, so... I want to go to new places. I've never been to Woonsocket before, and I want to do new teams yep. also. I want to get as many places and teams done as possible. And Hanson beat them by 23 points, so that was not competitive. Tomorrow night, i got a game with the Corn Palace at 745. Friday, I've got three games there at 230, 4 o'clock, and 7. And I've got one more game at 6 o'clock at the Corn Palace Saturday. So... At least the good news is it's in Mitchell, so I don't have to go anywhere. Exactly. But, the, you know, I can get through two games. Your throat hurts. You're tired. Uh, so 2.30 and 4, I've got back-to-back games, and I have a break. And then I've got a game at 7. So oh, man. This is gonna be, you're going to be approaching, like, CBS uh, announcer yeah. status here. You know, uh, you got Kevin Harlan calling four games in, in a day, uh, you know, with Andrew Cattle. I mean, that, that is, I, don't, I don't know how they do it. I mean... Somebody else in that opening round where you're calling four games in a day. And, yeah. you know, these are your girls' games, boys' games, high school games. They take an hour and a half at most. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
you know, those college games take at least two hours. Yeah. So I don't know how they do it. So, yeah. Tomorrow night will be fine. Saturday night will be fine. Um, yeah, three games on Friday. Well, we'll see what how that goes. Well, I wish you the best of luck. And, yeah, it is a busy time for you and for basketball throughout the state and, you know, across the country and stuff. So best of luck on the calls. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll uh, recap what happened uh, next week and, and see what your schedule looks like for next week because I bet it's going to get busier and stuff with Mitchell and whatnot. And Wednesday, Wednesday next week will be good. Okay. Again. And golf courses. Golf courses are opening this weekend. It's amazing. It is absolutely Unbelievable. amazing. Unbelievable. All right. Well, good luck with the calls this week. Try and catch some basketball if you can. Uh, yes. Enjoy. Enjoy. However, you're going to uh, consume the the Summit League tournament this year. I wish we were going to be there and could see each other in person, but um, it's not going to be this year. We'll hopefully no. get to it next year, but uh, we'll talk next week. But you have a great rest of the week, my friend. All right. Enjoy the basketball. I know you will. I will. I will. Sounds good. Thank you, Krenz. Right, we'll see you. Travis Krenz joining us here at Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time. Great stuff there. We are excited. You can't tell. I love this time of the year. We love this time of the year. College basketball, conference tournaments, stuff. It's a shame we won't be at the Summit League. Like I say, I'm leaning towards USD on the women's side, Oral Roberts. I mean, I want SDSU to win, of course. And I'm hoping that maybe a little jinx can happen. But unfortunately, with me with this stuff... I hope I'm not right. Uh, this is one of the times I really hope I'm not right, but, but we'll see. Make the official picks later on in the podcast because coming up next, Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader will uh, stop by to with more in-depth uh, preview of the Summit League tournament, men's and women's Summit League tournament, starting on Saturday, March 6th, through and concluding on Tuesday, March 9th. So uh, we'll get to all that here. Uh, that's coming up here on the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Travis Krins at Travis Krins, Facebook Nathan Stacken, a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Again, just to go over the seedings on the men's side, 1-8, SDSU Omaha, uh, 2-7 is USD and Western Illinois, 3-6, NDSU, UMKC, 4-5 is... Uh, Oral Roberts, UND. On the women's side, 1-8, SDSU, and Omaha. So get your taste of Omaha back-to-back games with the Jacks. Uh, You get the 2-7, USD against Oral Roberts, 3-6, NDSU against Denver, 4-5, UMKC against Western Illinois. So that's that. We'll talk about that more coming up next here with Matt Zimmer. So stick around. Plenty more to get to here on the Sports Block Podcast Summit League Tournament Week. All right, continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast. It is Summit League Tournament Week, and who better to break it all down with than Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader. Matt, how are we doing? Good, Nate. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. Uh, it's So, the tournament's here. We got through the season, and uh, it's great that we got through the season with relatively little uh, you know, cancellation, postponements, what have you. But it, it definitely is a different sort of feel to this week with the, the tournament moving from the Sioux Falls Arena from the Denny Sanford Premier Center to the Pentagon, no fans. Uh, what? How are you feeling about this week as opposed to other years? Uh, I'm kind of trying to talk myself into getting excited about it, if that makes sense. Yep. 
you know, I, I still think the games are going to be good and the tournament's going to be good. Um, I watched the NSIC tournament exclusively on TV uh, this past weekend, and it was a great tournament. You know, mm-hmm. the games were awesome, and um, it kind of felt a little bit the same. Uh, but that tournament also is always held at the Pentagon. And, uh, you know, this one, you know, it's I don't think it's a stretch to say it's maybe the best mid-major, <clears throat> excuse me, conference tournament in the country mm-hmm. um and since they moved it to the premier center i mean the first year it was there i can remember talking to other members of the media and saying like you know does this feel any different than you know a big 10 tournament an sec tournament you know the ncaa tournament and everyone's like no that's what this feels like it had such a, a big time atmosphere and certainly the facility the premier center being a new and great place has a lot to do with that yep. uh but so do the fans you know um the fact that they can fill that place up for, you know, whenever any of the South Dakota teams play and, and then still get a pretty good crowd for whoever else has made it pretty special. And every year on this day, you know, the day after the field has been set and you're starting to, to sort of plan your week and get ready for the games, I mean, I, I'm usually giddy. I mean, just so excited. Mm-hmm. And, and and I'm not this year. Again, doesn't mean I'm not at all excited. I'm not like you know, dreading it or anything, but it's just not going to be the same, and I wouldn't try to convince anyone otherwise. In this tournament, at least on the the men's side, well, before we get into that, I you know, noticing that the the times are a little different here. It's like 15 minutes uh, earlier yeah, than the previous because they have to clean a little bit. I'm guessing, right? Give that extended Maybe. time. Yeah, I suppose something like that. So that's a little bit different there. Um, you know, these these teams have been playing in mostly empty arenas pretty much all year long uh, i mean certainly sdsu and usd have had some fans that you know fargo's had some fans as well but that tur- the tournament does have that just added energy when the arena is full so and looking at the men's side specifically uh sdsu gets the one seed thanks to north dakota state beating usd but that might have something more to do with uh the injury that usd suffered on saturday uh, you know, normally SDSU can really feed off the crowd. Now it hasn't; it hasn't worked in their favor the last couple of years. So, mm-hmm. does you know, where are we at? I mean, this looks like a wide open tournament. You could make a case for any of the top four seeds, arguably winning this thing. Yeah, I think there's as much parity as as there's ever been. Um, I think really only you know, uh, was it Omaha? And I think Omaha is the only team that you look at and say, yeah, they're not going anywhere. Although we said the same thing about Western Illinois, and they a couple of years ago, and they beat, you know, the Mike Dom senior year Jacks. So yeah. I guess you can never say never. But um, obviously, there's four teams at the top that are really evenly matched, mostly beat up on each other. Uh, that's really exciting to have four teams that all feel like like they're that good. And then you know, I think after that, Kansas City, North Dakota, even Western Illinois. You know, they made great strides this year under Rob Jeter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the, the league as a whole, there's a lot of parity, and that's exciting. Um, and I think, you know, it's interesting we talk about what effect the crowd will have, and you seem to just allude to it there. Maybe that's good for the Jacks, you know, mm-hmm. because I think we've seen over the last few years, um, you know, whether they were nervous or felt pressure or whatever it was, they haven't quite figured out uh, in the same way that the SDSU women have how to sort of harness that, you know, how to feed off of it. Um, you probably remember even before the last couple, of, they've had back-to-back first-round exits. Now, mm-hmm. last year, Doug Wilson being hurt, and, you know, w- was certainly a factor. 
Um, but you know, you can remember a couple of those those teams, uh, those TJ Altsenberger, even Scott Nagy teams, had a hell of a time getting out of the first couple rounds against teams that were far inferior to them. You know, mm-hmm. the one year against Denver, they needed yes. Joe Rosgo's a ninety percent free throw shooter. They needed him to miss the front end of a one and one to win that game. I mean, they had so many breaks in a lot of those games, and at the time, it was easy to say, well, you know. The, the only reason SDSU escaped by the skin of their teeth in that game was because the you know the electricity of the crowd and the fans sort of willed them to victory. Well, you can almost look back now and go, maybe it was the opposite. You know, maybe they were squeezing their buttholes so tight through all those games that it was having the opposite effect. And they you know yeah they managed to find a way to win a couple of those games, but who knows? Maybe the crowd was what was making them tight and not playing their best. And in a more neutral environment, maybe those teams back then you know win some of those games by 20 points instead of all those close games they had. And, you know, like I said, now the last couple of years, they haven't got it done. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciated Eric Henderson. Um, I made reference to it way back uh, when they made the announcement that there would be no fans at the Summer League tournament. I, I appreciated that Hendo was willing to acknowledge that, you know, he didn't try to downplay it and say, oh, no, that's nothing. You're, you know, he was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> for whatever reason, uh, we haven't been able to, to harness that the way you want to. And, does that, you know, open up the field somewhat this year? I don't know. I think it would be pretty wide open anyway. And like you said, all these teams are, are pretty used to playing in empty arenas right now. So I, I just think it's going to be as wide open as it's ever been. And if any of those top four teams win it, that would not be the least bit surprising. And even if, you know, one of those five or six seeds got, you know, made a run, I don't think that would be terribly shocking either. No, I'm trying to remember last year. Wasn't North Dakota a five? Or they were a six, if I were, Was it a six, I believe? I believe so, so yeah. They when got they to made the championship it to the, game. Yep, because they beat USD in the first round and mm-hmm. then uh, ended up getting smoked by the Bison in the championship game. Um, specifically related to SDSU, it just, it, you know, we thought that maybe this would be a dominant team. Like this was, it was them and the rest of the league in the Summit League this year, the rest of the teams. And it just didn't pan out that way. They weren't the dominant force and they've had a lot of close contests. They've had some. You know, it seems to be a lot of turnover issues. Uh, what what has it been like this season that, or is there more than a couple of things that you can point to or that you can think of that maybe why SDSU hasn't been the dominant force that we were expecting at the beginning of the year? Well, I think there's a few things. For one, I, I wouldn't say that the Jacks have, have been a disappointing team this year, and no. I know you didn't say that either. Yep. Um, just, you know... I think the other USD is a little bit better than we thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oral Roberts maybe is a little better than people thought they were going to be. North Dakota State reloaded very quickly. Uh, Kansas City, we had no idea what to expect from them coming into the league. Even though the Jacks swept them, uh, they're a pretty good team too. So I think maybe it was easy to think the Jacks were further ahead of the rest of the field than maybe they actually were. Uh, then you factor in, well, you know, let's be honest, they're, they're sitting here 9-3, and three, got the number one seed by percentage points, but they had their four easiest games wiped out by COVID. Right. You yep. know, if they didn't have Omaha and Denver stripped from their schedule, they're 13-3. and three, Yep. And then maybe we're looking at them a little differently and saying they did have a dominant season, you know, so that could be part of it too. Uh, but then just looking at their individual games and looking how they've played this year, you know, Noah Friedel obviously has been battling issues all year. Yep. You know, early yep. in the season, he punches Stanley Amude. It kind of puts a black mark on his season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find out later that he's been dealing with a lot of shit off the field or off the court, you know, that makes you kind of look at that a little bit differently now. Yep. Gives him a little bit of a break, and, and you, you understand that, you know, that probably contributed to some of the things that have been going on with that team. Then you throw on top of that, 
Uh, Doug Wilson had a good year, but I don't think he was quite the same player as he was last year. Agreed. Yep. Part of that is, you know, I think early in the season he was still recovering from that injury a little bit, and then part of it too is just, you know, he didn't have the element of surprise this year. You know, teams didn't know a lot about him last year. This year they knew exactly what they were getting, were able to put more attention on him. Fortunately for the Jacks, Baylor Shireman stepped up, was probably the most improved player in the league. Um, all of which, I guess, is a long way of saying I still think the Jacks are a pretty good team, and I still think they're pretty close to what we thought they were going to be last year, or going into the year. But you take Friedel away, and then you factor in that again. I think the rest of the league proved to be a little bit better than maybe we thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. And that's how you end up with this field, where it's kind of anybody's game. And certainly, you know, the, in the Jackrabbits, they swept UMKC this last weekend. They needed NDSU to split with USD to get that one seed. NDSU was able to pull out with a victory on Sunday, and that's in large part, I think, because of the injury to AJ, uh, the plates of white. I, I, I'm so terrible with things. But AJ's injury aside, do we know any more the, the extent of that knee injury and just how damaging is that to USD's chances of winning this tournament? Uh, it's a major injury. Uh, from what I've been told, it's a complete knee everything. Okay. Worst case scenario. Uh, which is terrible for him. You know, great player, uh, was the NSIC freshman of the year at Augie, comes in to his, kind of his hometown team, you know, with his mom being the coach there. Yep. Was having a great season. Uh, he's their second best player, there's no doubt about it. And uh, that's a huge loss for them. Um, you know, very similar to SDSU losing Noah Friedel, although I would argue it's probably a bigger loss for USD because I think the Jacks are a little bit deeper yep. than the Coyotes are. Uh, I don't I don't think it... Uh, necessarily eliminates the possibility of USD winning this thing uh, because again uh, it, it's an evenly matched field I don't think any team is dominant and Stanley Mude is really freaking good mm-hmm. I mean he's the kind of guy who can put a team on his back you know whether someone else is missing or whatever but no question that's a blow to them just like losing Noah Friedel is a blow to the Jacks does that make a team like a North Dakota State or an Oral Roberts more of the favorite because those teams both have you know, closer to their whole team, so to speak, than the other two. Maybe it does. Um, but either way, it, it's just kind of disappointing that, you know, I think you could make a real strong case that Noah and AJ are the two best guards. And I guess, well, no, Max Asmus is pretty pretty special. But outside of him, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the two best guards in this league, for them not to be in the tournament, that's a bummer. It is. It definitely is. And, you know, I think... SDSU fans would say, well, it's good that the Jacks are the one seed and USD and NDSU are the two and the three seed because it, it's just something is it's just more difficult to go through at least two of your rivals to win the Summit League tournament than it is even just one. They might, it, it, and they maybe won't even face them at all, but all of a sudden here comes Oral Roberts with Max Abmus, and we know what he did in the first meeting against SDSU down in Tulsa. Uh, and he he tore him up. He he scored everywhere, and that's a concern. I think that SDSU fans in saying, okay, you know, you if they face Oral Roberts in the semifinals, yes, it's not USD or NDSU, but how are you going to stop a guy like Max Abmus? I don't know if he can. Um, he's you know kind of reached that uh, Mike Dom level where it's kind of like this guy's going to get his twenty five points no matter what. Um, I, I still think, uh, if, you know, if I was ranking the four teams and their their likelihood of winning this thing, I think I'd still put Oral Roberts a decided fourth behind the Dakota schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I don't really believe in them, you know. I mean, they they've there've been a lot of times over the years that 
we've heard about them. Maybe they're the sleeper. Or this is a year, and they just seem to cons- consistently disappoint. I'll give them credit. This year, they took that next step. You know, they got picked second in the league this year. I know they ended up finishing fourth. They're, you know, percentage points out of being second, and I think that's because. Max Smith and Kevin Obano are just that good. You know, you're talking about maybe the two best players in the league. But that also makes them a little bit easier to prepare for. You know, with some of the other teams, the Jacks, the Bison, uh, they're a little tougher to prepare for just because you've kind of got to pick your poison. They're both pretty solid defensive teams. Uh, I think that's a decent matchup for the Jacks, getting Oral Roberts uh, in that second round if they were to win that game. But again, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if North Dakota took them down. And then, you know, like you mentioned, then you've only got to go through one of the Dakota schools, potentially. Yeah. Um, if UND wants to beat him, I'm okay with that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so kind of a, I saw, I think ESPN had their picks or whatever for the conference tournaments, and it was a split amongst four uh, experts, two for Oral Roberts, two for SDSU. So they're already kind of dismissing USD and NDSU for whatever that's worth. I, and like that's going to give motivation to either of those schools, unlikely not. But uh, I think you kind of alluded to it. Are you picking SDSU then to to win this tournament? Boy, I don't. I I think I would say either them or the Bison. You know, I really, really respect the Bison's program. Just how mm-hmm. year after year after year uh, they just are always kind of there. You know, um, and obviously, you know, last couple of years, you know, they're two time defending champions. But now this year, you know, they lost two really, really good players from last year, and. Uh, you know, once again, they've kind of reloaded or reshuffled or even, you know, changed their style a little bit. I think Dave Richmond's a really good coach. Mm-hmm. They're just a team that, and it, it's funny too because, you know, you think of North Dakota State as a football school because of how dominant their football program has been over the years, but that basketball program has quietly been very, very good. Yep. So it's just, it's just always hard for me to bet against them. Um, I guess I, if you're putting me on the spot, I'll say uh, an SDSU. Um, Geez, they, they can't play NDSU in the finals, can they? So uh, SD, the, uh, They could, yeah, because it would be a 2-3. Or wait, yeah, 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 yep. yeah, right, right. Let's, that's what I'm predicting then, is uh, we're going to get the Jacks and the Bison in the finals and get back to me on Monday or Tuesday and I'll tell you who I think is going to win that game. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. I'll hold you to it. Um, I mean, the, the, and it's been either the Jackrabbits or the Bison winning – the, the Summit League for the last you know decade, pretty much ever since it moved to Sioux Falls, apart from that first year when I think Oakland right. beat IUPUI. So they've definitely dominated the field, and it's you know it's difficult to pick against either of them. Just like on the women's side, it's difficult to pick against either SDSU or USD. Uh, you'd have to almost be a crazy person not to. SDSU, for the first time ever in program history, which is surprising uh, that they've never been able to do it, but they went through conference play undefeated, and I think that is a, a huge kudos to them, and I think something that's, I, I don't want to say it's, it's a monkey off off of their back, but I'm sure it's been brought up at least several times, you know, over the years with with AJ about, you know, how this team he just was, hasn't He's done been, it like three times, right? Yeah, right. I mean, they, they've been, yeah, they've been close. So just how much, and I know you talked about it a little bit on Saturday in your, um, and you mentioned the, the quote that he had uh, in your, your story, but just how much does this mean to the Jackrabbits going through conference play undefeated? Um, you know, they'll tell you it doesn't mean anything because you don't get anything, you know, you don't get anything for it. It's not like there's an extra whatever for, for running the table. But I think it probably means a little more to them than they're letting on. Uh, again, just because that's something USD's done a couple of times, and they've never done it. 
doesn't matter a whole lot. SDSU has all those NCAA tournament appearances to hang their hat on, which is far more valuable, especially considering one year USD, USD ran the table and then didn't get in. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the one thing that, that you really don't want to have happen. Uh, it's just, it's a, I think in, in SDSU's case this year, it's a, a little more special because, you know, it's a weird year because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, given that USD was so dominant last year and still had a lot of that team coming back, they were the favorite. Uh, they were picked to win the league. Um, you know, I think the Jacks, even though we knew they should be better and USD should be down a little bit, I still think the Jacks exceeded most people's expectations. You know, winning those three games in a row against ranked teams early in the year, then running the table, um, and then, you know, winning these last four games without Maya Selland, even though it wasn't against the best teams in the league, that's still, you know, to to continue that winning streak after you lose the best player in the league, it's just been an overall really impressive season for that team and, and everything they've overcome and accomplished. So I do think it's a, it's a pretty big deal to them. And, and then obviously just, it, it, you know, it gives them a very good NCAA tournament resume. I mean, I'm pretty comfortable saying they're in Yes. Uh, whether they win this Summit League tournament or not. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. They're, I think they're in. I mean, right now I think they're projected as a six seed, which would be which would be something. I think that would be the second time that they'd be a six seed or – yeah. Did you, say, did yep. you say six? Is that what they're projecting? Yep, that's what uh, Charlie Cream on ESPN uh, is. Uh, the, that was his latest projection, which would be very good. Uh, I mean, kind of like with AJ's injury for the USD men. Uh, I mean, that's a significant injury for them. For SDSU, they're able to get by. You know, with, I mean, Maya Selen, obviously the best player on the team. So, how significant is this injury for them, not so much in the fact, I mean, because they have plenty of depth and we've seen them be able to stay undefeated here since that injury, but just going forward, even looking past the Summit League tournament, how significant is that for whatever potential matchup they might get in the NCAA tournament? I mean, there's no question it's it's a huge loss. She's not just the best player in the league, you know, she's the most versatile all-around player in the league. I mean, she has incredible statistics and yet I still think what she does, what she brings, is more than can be measured by what you see in the box score. Um, so that hurts. But I do think, and I wrote a column about this this week, um, it doesn't mean it's over. It doesn't mean they can't do this. Um, they're a deep and balanced team. They always have been. Obviously, you don't go to 15 you know, NCAA or conference tournament championship games in a row mm-hmm. without being that kind of a program. Um, you know, I think the big thing is... You know, in so many years, SDSC, you know, they almost never have that one player that averages 20 points a game and, you know, does all the heavy lifting. That's what makes this team unique. Maya Selen probably has a bigger role, does more for this team than almost anyone we've ever seen before. Having said that, now that she's gone, that doesn't mean there aren't other people that are capable of stepping up. You know, Tyler Irwin all of a sudden the last couple of weeks has looked like one of the best players in the league. I was just going to bring her up, yep. Maybe she's been that good all along. We just didn't get a chance to really see it because... Maya Selwyn, Tori Nelson, these other players, and in previous years, you know, Tegan Larson, Macy Miller, you know, were taking up more of those opportunities that Tylee wasn't getting. Mm-hmm. Now she's getting them. Uh, Peyton Burkhart was having a pretty average season statistically this year, and there were times I kind of thought, geez, you know, how come she's not contributing more? Well, Maya goes down, now all of a sudden her numbers are back up again. Maybe it isn't so much that Peyton Burkhardt was, wasn't playing as well, she just didn't have as many opportunities to do things anymore. And then, you know, you look at uh, Madison Blaster, the freshman, uh, she's been outstanding lately. Just took her a while to get going. 
Um, you know, I'd feel a lot better about their chances if they were getting more consistency uh, out of the backcourt with Lindsey Thunick and Haley Greer. Uh, but if those players can contribute, um, <laughs> I certainly think they, they have a chance to, you know, win this conference tournament, get into the NCAA tournament, and, and you know, possibly win a game. Having said that, uh, having to beat USD a third time this year without Maya Sellen, that's going to be really, really hard. It is, absolutely. And you're right. I mean, Tyler Irwin took over in those games up in Fargo. Uh, I think really kind of exp- – really made – almost expanded a profile, so to speak. Um, yeah. And – NDSU is a much much improved team. They're very good, and they almost beat USD uh, on Saturday. So, I mean, potentially, we could be talking about this as a three-bid league if NDSU were to somehow pull off the shocker of all shockers and get in there. Because outside, uh, outside of SDSU and USD, I mean, no one has a realistic shot to win this thing apart from NDSU pulling off a couple of massive upsets. They, they just yeah. don't. I, and I don't really like NDSU's chances either. I agree no. with you. They're, they've made big strides, and, and thank God they have. I mean, this was, league was starting to get kind of boring and having two teams that were juggernauts and everyone else being terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's nice to see them emerge. And, and, you know, Kansas City, some of these other teams, hopefully that continues. Uh, I do think, you know, the Jacks have got so much attention this year, deservedly so, running the table, being in the poll all year, winning those games against ranked teams. I think we've actually overlooked what USD did a little bit um, because they've had some injuries too, and they've only lost the two games in conference play. Well, they didn't even get to have the Jacks at their place. You know, the schedule was not kind to them this year. For whatever reason, that's how it played out. If those two games were in Vermillion, you know, the script might be flipped. And I'm very curious to see. um, I mean, I kind of think USD is going to win the conference tournament. I just think... Asking US or SDSU to beat them three times in one year is really tough anyway. Mm-hmm. Then you take Maya Sellin away. I, I kind of think the Coyotes are going to win the tournament. But if they didn't, if the Jacks find a way to win it, uh, I'm curious if USD would get an at-large bid again. Because, again, this year, you know, they, they are a decided second to SDSU. You know, they lost to them twice. They didn't get those wins over ranked teams in non-conference mm-hmm. that they had last year. Um, it's just I'm kind of fascinated by their case because, I you know, they're still very high in those, you know, CNET rankings or whatever they are, and uh, you know, you know, they still obviously have a great deal of of respect, I think, as a program. Uh, but they didn't have as good a year this year, so it'll be interesting to see if this. I mean, like I said, if they win the conference tournament, I think it's pretty much a given that it'll be a two bid league. Uh, if the Jacks win it, or like you said, if the Bison somehow win it, that'd be interesting to see what happened to the Oats. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think if I saw last correctly, I think USD is like a 10 seed right now. So they are kind of hovering right along that bubble line. Let's say SDSU loses. And right now, as I said, they were projected to be a six seed. What do you think their seed would be? And this is something we can examine, you know, next week, a couple weeks from now, whenever, you know, after we know what happens in the Summit League tournament. But where do you, how far do you think they would fall in the eyes of the committee if they were to lose in a championship game to their in-state rival? Boy, that's a good question because, I mean, you'd like to think that they would just judge them strictly on their resume. And if that was the case, you say, let's say they lost the USD in the championship game, then they'd be 20, what, 23 and 3 yep. um, with two wins over the team that just knocked them out and then those three wins against ranked teams. That's still a hell of a resume. It is. If you, ha- if you had them as a six... Uh, maybe you drop them a spot to a seven, maybe two to an eight. But the thing is, the committee knows that they don't have Maya Selen anymore. 
And on the one hand, they can look at what they did and say, well, geez, they still, you know, ran the table in the regular season and made it all the way to the conference tournament championship game, even without their best player. Maybe we shouldn't dock them too much. But they could also say, well, clearly this isn't the same team. We're still going to put them in the tournament because they earned it. But let's not give them this super high seed because clearly they're not the same team anymore without this one player that was averaging 20 points and six rebounds and four assists a game. So, I don't know. It's a good question. I think anything less than an eight, I think, would be maybe a little bit of a slap in the face. That's probably Mm -hmm. too strong of a phrase to to use, but you know what I mean. Um, If they win the whole thing, you know, who knows? Maybe something like a five is is in play because, geez, you know, the two games they lost were to, what, uh, Kansas State and Northern Iowa. And Northern Iowa, they played twice. They beat them the other meeting. Yep. I mean, what if what if they were sitting here undefeated? Oh, you know, man. where where would they be ranked yep. in the top twenty five poll? What kind of seed would we be talking about? A three or a four? I mean, it's it's kind of fascinating to think about. It would be extremely, yeah, extremely fascinating. And if the committee's going to factor in injuries, which no doubt they probably could, I hope the men's committee looks at what Minnesota has had to go through losing Gabe Klauscher and and Liam Robbins for a little bit and let the Gophers get it. No, that I'm sorry, they're terrible. They can't even beat Nebraska <laughs> on the road. Uh, speaking of injuries, though, Tori Nelson, what's the update with her? Where do we uh, where do we think she's going to end up? Is she going to play in the tournament? Or are they going to hold her out for the NCAA tournament? Um, I mean, they're keeping it really close to the vest. I'd be extremely surprised to see her early in the tournament. I, my assumption would be if we saw her at all, it would be in a potential matchup with USD in the championship game. Uh, but I, I, I should be clear, I'm just speculating on that. Sure. Um, you know, Maya tore ACL. Uh, from what I understand, Tori did not. I don't know the details, but that's kind of what I've been what I've been able to to call out of the few sources that are saying anything about it. So, mm-hmm. um, better news for Tori, obviously, but, you know, even, and even if they get her, um, you know, at what percentage is she, you know, how much can she contribute, it's hard to say. Uh, last question. Okay, so just to give a review, you're thinking SDSU over NDSU on the men's side and then USD over SDSU on the women's side, correct? Yeah. Okay. And uh, I won't hold you to that. I mean, things can certainly change here, but at least that's what we have right now. Final question here for you. Saul Phillips in Northern State just won another uh, NSIC title. Is Saul going to be their head coach next year? i got to think a Division One team's going to pluck him. I'm sure he doesn't want to be their coach again next year. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, he's still kind of doing it with, with Paul Sanders players a little bit, um, but you can't deny what they've been doing um, four years in a row now. And yesterday, you know, they're playing a team that the one team that beat them during the regular season. So they thought they might get a challenge and they absolutely blew them out of the water. Uh, they're very much in the hunt for a national championship. And yeah, I mean, if you're a, you know, let's say you're Omaha or Denver. I mean, it's pretty obvious that whenever Darren Hansen and Rodney Billups, uh, contracts are expired, they're going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if Saul would even want to take that job. You can make a very strong argument that Northern State is a better job than either of those two. Yep. Um, but if he wants to be back in Division One, back in the Summit League, those are two schools that would be stupid not to offer him their job. Absolutely. I've been th- trying to think of any other place. I mean, heck, let's say Minnesota fires Patino. Could we see Saul Phillips coaching Minnesota? I, I, ha- I mean, given the lack of success that he had at Ohio, I have I can't imagine that they would that go would, that route. That didn't strike me as a very sexy hire to go for fans, I don't think. Oh, probably not. Probably not. Uh-huh. They're, they're looking for... And that, 
they're looking for someone else like Eric Musselman or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And they, again, that, that the thing with Saul with North, Northern State's arguably the best job in Division Two. I mean, they leave lead the country in attendance there every year. You know, have a huge following. Uh, got a great thing going there. I mean, that's not a bad place to be. So again, if you're one of these mid-major Division One schools, you can't just assume he's going to. I mean, obviously money's a factor, mm-hmm. um, but but I don't know if I'd be in a hurry to to leave a great situation like that for you know. Obviously, you look at what's happened at Omaha and Denver. I don't think Darren Darren Hansen is necessarily a bad coach. Uh, I don't know if Rodney Billups is a bad coach either. But you know, those are programs that, for whatever reason, are really in a bad place. Yes. Yep. And maybe that's yeah. Who knows? There's probably a myriad of reasons why. Uh, but, Matt, I always appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy the tournament. It's going to be a, a different, it's going to be a unique tournament this year. But enjoy the time at the Pentagon, and hopefully we'll be able to catch up either next week or week after to recap it. All right. Thanks, Nate. Thank you, Matt. Matt Zimmer, Argus leader. Always uh, kind enough to, to jump on when we need him. And uh, great insight there. So, yeah, he has USD over SDSU and on the women's side. SDSU over NDSU on the men's side. Going back and forth on this, I want to. I'm going to pick SDSU over USD on the women's side. I, that that's so tough. And without Maya Selen, just how will the Jacks do? They don't have the crowd to 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 gather off, and that's going to be tough. Yeah, maybe we go with USD. Yeah, I might side with Matt here on this. And then on the men's side. I, I want them to prove me wrong here. I I, am, I hate that I'm doing this here. But I fear that Oral Roberts is going to outscore SDSU with just with Max Admis, Max Admis alone. I think I'm kind of leaning towards Oral Roberts to take it. If Oral Roberts beats SDSU, they win it all. I, NDSU, you can never factor them out. Um, I hope the Jackrabs do it. I'm just not entirely sold and i'm very nervous about it so prove me wrong jacks please please for once in my life i'd love to be wrong about this i'd love for my prognostication not to be right but i think that's where i'm leaning i think that's where i'm leaning with time of course to change my mind i reserve the right to change my mind we'll make some picks We'll preview the tournament in the stack. That will be found on Saturday. But, of course, like it's March now, so we're having blogs pretty much every day here with the conference tournament starting on March 3rd all the way through the Final Four in Indianapolis. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Summit League uh, tournament heavy, college basketball heavy, because it is March and we are focused on college basketball, and the road to Indianapolis. It's their heck. They're in, in Indianapolis already. The road to the Final Four in Indianapolis. Uh, March Madness is here. It's not going to get canceled this year, God willing, and uh, we're excited for the tournament. Uh, we will try and get Jeff Lloyd in here, uh, Jeff Lloyd second from the Lockdown Browns podcast, sometime here in the next few weeks once we see more pro days kind of going on, and then April, that's certainly his time. But we'll get him on uh, several times here before the the draft because we need to. We need to talk. I mean, normally this would be the the the, the combine in Indianapolis. The, the NFL combine would be going on right now. So we would be talking with Jeff this week and then next week or the week after. Uh, that, that's what we would be doing. 
We will have a podcast next week. Normally we don't, on, but uh, because of these circumstances with me not going to the Summit League this year, with there not being any fans, they just don't really need you with, with COVID and stuff. Not going. So, I believe we're going to do a podcast next week. Little little change up here, uh, but we'll be going over all the conference tournaments. We'll be talking about the automatic bids that have been claimed uh, when we record, which I think at that point will be only like five or six. So a lot to get into next week. And then two weeks from today or from this week will be the bracket breakdown. It is our best podcast of the year. You don't want to miss it. We will break down the entire podcast or the podcast, the entire bracket. And um, I mean, I mean, when you hear this music, it's just great. It really is. But we'll get to it all. We'll, We'll preview it. Uh, break it all down, as I said. So, as we leave you here, I uh, hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Uh, I mean, March is here, folks. It is our time. And so for Travis and Matt, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week. Stay safe. Enjoy the warm weather. Enjoy the conference tournaments. Go Jackrabbits. Go Big, go Blue, go Jacks. I can use my fandom here. Hopefully, both are cutting down the nets at the Pentagon here after winning the Summit League tournaments and the championships on Sun on Tuesday, March 9th. Men's game on ESPN2 at 8. The women at 1 on ESPNU. This music you're hearing is this NCAA on CBS college basketball theme music. Uh, so, uh, you can find this podcast available on um and now you're going to hear the march madness uh, stuff here in just a second uh but i mean this is the the new one uh with true tv so as we get in here uh again podcast can be found on podcast.com follow me on facebook uh nathan stacken and um follow me on twitter at andy stacken travis crins at travis crins matt zimmer at argus matt z uh it's just going it just does we're here folks Mark Madness is here uh, just about so I hope you enjoyed the podcast this week I keep rambling on I think we're done now so we'll talk to you next week for tons more college basketball talk here on the Sports Block Podcast stay safe enjoy the warm weather mask up everyone